This is Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, is Desi. How you doing tonight, Desiree? My full name? I'm doing good. Why my full name, I Alan? Don't know. Just felt like using it. And then you said it so fast. Yeah, I felt it didn't feel feel right, so I said it really fast because it felt wrong. You should have said it sternly, like I was in trouble. I don't ever call you Desiree. You have not very often. You have, it's not and then when you used to call me, started calling me. The hell did you call me when we first started dating? I don't know. Cause that was forever ago. I felt like when we started working at the same job and everybody called me Desi and it felt like that was like a transition for you. Like you hesitated to call me Maybe. That. I don't know. Because I felt like it was different for no you. Idea. No idea. I don't know. Anyways. Anyway, I think I am first this evening. I think you are too. All right. I found another story. From Minnesota. I could find a lot, I'm sure. I, I specifically looked out for something and I found oh my this gosh. one. And I found it very, very intriguing. And I I wouldn't be surprised if you are aware of this story. Okay. Have you ever heard of the Minnesota Iceman? No. No. Okay. Um, Frank Hansen. He was a, a promoter and exhibitor at, like, fairs and... Okay. Things like that. Um, he had a display uh, that he called the Minnesota Iceman. He said it was the missing link. It was a six-foot-tall, extremely hairy, frozen in a block of ice. Okay. Body, frozen in a block was, of ice. Was it a real body dressed in a big foot costume? Cla- he claimed it was a real body, claimed it was from Siberia. Well, he, Bigfoot or something, I'm assuming. Yeah. But was it a real body in a suit? We'll get, we'll get there. <laughs> um, he, uh, like he said, he, he said it was from Siberia, and it was owned by somebody in California that was a millionaire and wanted uh, this uh, Frank Hansen to go around the country and show people. Okay. So that's why he was showing people this. Uh, so this he takes no part of this dead body. Exactly. Speaking of dead bodies, as he was traveling to Canada for a show, uh, Canadian Customs uh, decided that they wanted to search because they were afraid it was an actual human cadaver. That's what I'm wondering. Um, The FBI also got involved because they were worried it was a murder victim. That's what I'm wondering. Turns out (laughs) it was wax. It was nothing but wax. But he kept the secret for 10 years of touring the country until, huh. until um, a, a magazine editor dug into it finally and was able to, to contact the, um, the company that actually made the wax figure for him. Oh, that's funny. At one point, about halfway through this 10-year span and from the mid-60s to mid-70s as he's touring the country, um, he said that he got a second specimen and lost the first one. It just thought out and got repositioned, and it was the same exact Funny. body. He just decided to make up a story because it was kind of put into a different position. Funny, funny, funny. Um, in 
it was ni- it was early 1970s when it was you know, finally came out. It wasn't real. Not that people thought it was real, but he he went on TV shows saying it was. I real. would have been thinking that it was a dead body. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said. <laughs> In 2013, Minnesota Iceman was sold on eBay, the actual Iceman. Weird. It was sold on eBay to um, the Austin, Texas' Museum of the Weird. The owner of that museum purchased it. I want to go to any weird museum. It is still on display at that museum today. Um, The Minnesota Iceman was featured on Season 4, Episode 6 of A&E's Shipping Wars. (laughs) <laughs> as well as episode 12 or episode, season 12 episode 26 of the Tra- travel channel's mystery at the museum never heard of that one and it was featured on the seventh season premiere of the television show unsolved mysteries well it's solved now, it's solved now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm sure a lot of people wanted to know is there really a person really in there funny. or I, I went digging for pictures right mm-hmm all I could find was drawings, which seemed weird. This is from the 60s and 70s. You should be able to find pictures. Every picture of this thing ever taken gets copyright stricken by the owner, so they're not allowing photos on the internet. Finding pictures... So I mean, people can't debunk it. Yeah. So, yeah, you're not... You, if you post a picture of this thing online, you will get a copyright strike. So you, you have the drawings. drawings. Reminds me of SNL. Huh. Yeah, just a big hairy, bigfoot looking creature. It's a gorilla. Yeah. Bigfoot. Yeah, it's a bunch of wax with hair glued on. <laughs> I love wax with hair. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, another little Minnesota history story of the Minnesota Iceman. That's pretty interesting. I wonder if Minnesota has a weird museum. If it did, you think that would have ended up there instead of in texas i did see this this museum in texas i have seen as in like a lot of top 10 lists for the like weirdest museums to go to in the country this weird museum in austin texas i guess is really good i want to go me too i always end up driving to the southwest yeah i want to go northeast one time i've got to find a reason to go northeast just to go. Okay. I've never needed a reason to go anywhere. I know. Ever. Okay. So my first story is actually about a museum. Okay. Exhibit. New exhibits that recently have come into play. Um, so it's named the Disgusting Food Museum in Malmo. I may have said that wrong. Sweden. The Disgusting Food Museum? Mm-hmm. So they have things such as miggity cheese, fermented shark, shark flesh, flesh, I can't talk, um, Peruvian frog smoothies, all oh. sorts of stuff like that. Um, but recently, they have, for three months, they're only displaying this, and it started on September 5th, so if anyone's in Sweden, okay. check it out. I almost didn't bring this because at the time it was before we ate dinner and I'm like, I don't know if I can stomach this. Uh-oh, I'm scared. <laughs> so the, for three months, you can go there to see squirrel beer, ant gin, and poop wine. And they're served up in, in this museum. Um, there's a whole bunch of different types of alcohols there, but those were the three strangest 
strangest that they had there. Okay. Um, they even had, like, you know, in jail, they'll make alcohol in toilets. Yeah, and yeah. They, like they make that hooch. stuff. There's there's a lot of stuff that oh they God, have there. Gross. Anything that you could possibly drink is in there, but it has to be drinkable. Like, somebody actually has to drink it. Ugh. So... One highlight is the Scottish beer that is the strongest beer in the world with um, the staggering 55% alcohol by volume. That is one hell of a beer. Mm-hmm. By the high alcohol content isn't the weirdest aspect of this Scottish beer. Uh-oh. It's the intoxicating brew served inside a taxidermy squirrel. Oh. As pictured. Gross. Well, it has a bottle in there, so I it's guess. not like, and it's corked. Yeah, so, I guess. so that's not and then so just bad. Pop the I cork guess. and I mean, you melt the mouth with the squirrel, and uh, boop, there it is. No, thank you. So, no, thank you. <laughs> so, um, but they even have uh, rice wine called. I'm obviously not going to say this because it's Korean, South Korean, Tungsul. And there's two T's at the beginning to the tongue soul. <laughs> I have no clue. Okay. Um, once used for a uh, medicine remedy in South Korea, is brewed with fermented human species or feces. Aww. So, and why? Pe- and obviously, it's medication. So people drink it. Uh, people drink yeah. it. We have whale <laughs> whale testicle beer. Uh, that'd be that'd be m- something my seem- mom would serve me when I was a kid. Oh, you're sick. You don't want to go to school? Then you take your medicine. Oh, I'm going to school. I'm going to school. <laughs> Fine. I might throw up. I need my bowl. Um, the whale testicle didn't actually seem all that weird to me, and I think it's because of the Rocky Mountain. Rocky um, Mountain oysters? Yeah. yeah. So, I whatever. But uh, it's from Iceland. Brewery in Iceland um, incorporates testicles that are cured accurately to... An old Icelandic tradition, lightly salted and then smoked. And I'm thinking smoked beer. We all, we all don't know. You know how I feel about yeah, smoked you don't flavored, like smoke flavored anything. anything. Like if I love bacon, but if it's you can taste taste that mm. smoke flavor, I'm like, Mm-mm, nope, nope. Um, this one I would probably actually try the antigen. So each bottle has about 62 red worm ants. And I think I could probably stomach <sighs> ants better than a tequila worm. Okay. I still don't. No. No, thank you. Uh, it's almost like catching a fly in your mouth and it choking on it. Yeah, gross. And by then it's too late, so. But you know what's going in if you're drinking it. Like, But you're not, not chewing like it. They're ants. I know, but yeah, I don't know. You're just down the hatch. Gross. Gross, gross, gross. And to me, I don't think it would smell. Maybe not. I don't know. Like, And and they said ever... in the article, it says it brings a sharp citrus note to okay. the beverage. I mean, have you ever smelt those and like edible gin? bugs? Like when you open up a package of like, you can buy like cockroaches that you can eat, you know, as a Why would I ever want to even put a cockroach you near my mouth? Open up the package and it's the worst smell I've ever smelt in my life. It was so gross. Yeah. No, no, no thanks. It's definitely not a before dinner story. (laughs) No, it's not. And I was reading it before dinner. I'm like, I need to put this away (laughs) When you you started the story and you mentioned, you know, weird things and you mentioned uh, 
maggoty cheese. I actually read a story this week, and I can't remember the name of the cheese. Like, it's a famous cheese, and you only eat it if the maggots are still alive. Other, like, it's just this weirdest See? stuff I've ever There's heard There's weirder oh, things gross, out there. Gross, gross, gross. Yep. No. Nope. Yep, oh. but... That's well, that's my first story for the night. All right. Well, I got a travel story for you. Ooh, travel story. This stories like this are why I why if we had the money to do some international traveling, I'd still be a little you know, I'm scared of traveling internationally. I'm not scared to travel internationally. Depending on the country, I should put it that way. Because well, and problem. where I am in the country, it's like you need to know your surroundings. Yeah. My it, problem is I'm a dumb American. I'm not. And um, my story here is from an American who went to Thailand, and right now he's facing two years in prison for leaving a negative review on Trip TripAdvisor about the hotel he stayed. Yeah, in. you don't do that until you <laughs> leave the country. The problem is he lives there, so he oh. should have known. He's an American citizen. He's got. He, he lives in kind of both places. He's a reporter. Travels all over the place. Um, he stayed at the Seaview Resort, and he filed a complaint on, or he filed a, a number of reviews on the TripAdvisor website, saying that the that the place is uh, not a great place to stay. They charge too much for drinks, and according to him um so the owner of the hotel decided to go to the authorities and in thailand it you know defamation is a serious crime in thailand so it went to court and it was found that the guy couldn't prove any of these bad things happened to him at his stay how do you not prove prices of drinks i don't know it it wasn't just the prices of drinks oh yeah the, the way they treated him and their attitude towards him whatever um but he he said the staff was unfriendly and that the hotel was like staying at somewhere that practiced modern day slavery. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, he was found guilty of defamation. He's got two years in prison um, because he couldn't, because he left a, a bad review on TripAdvisor. Yeah, that That's sucks. Insane. Note to self, though, when you're in other countries, you just don't openly no, of speak not. your opinion. That it, It's not America, and just because you're American <laughs> yeah, doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you have the right. No, I mean, it reminds me of the story from oh, we're in high school when that kid was in Singapore and got caned. It was all over national news. I don't remember a, that. Some college student went there and spray-painted graffiti on some wall, and it ended up making national, like worldwide news because the government because what the punishment for that was caning and he had to take his caning and that was just the way it was it was you know, you're in i can country, almost guarantee he came back here and he probably felt grateful for being in this country uh, yes and i actually i heard an interview with him just a couple of years ago that's kind of why i remember it so well um and he he talked about the about the experience and how he doesn't really remember it, it he said it, it was extreme pain and then he like blacked out well, yeah, it was kind of over, but it, you know, it really, it really taught him, you know, to be thankful for what we have here. Try to make you know life the, as best as you can, and thankful for what you have. And if you travel abroad, obey their laws, <laughs> and just mind your own business. Yes, definitely. Don't make a scene. Don't do something stupid and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so my next story is. 
1919, there was a big catastrophe involving ton of refined sugar cane that hit the city of Boston. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. I don't think so. A bunch of sugar hit in Boston. It was the toffee apple tsunami of 1919. Really? So, uh, the catastrophic, later called toffee apple tsunami, it left about 21 dead and over 150 people injured. The incident was highly recorded and happened on January 15th of 1919. <laughs> How many times am I going to say that? 1919. Um, the wave of sticky substance, it reached the height of about 15 feet and rushed through through the streets with over a speed of 35 miles per hour. Holy cow, that's not bad sugar. I know. Well, you'll figure out why here shortly. But it knocked down, or knocked everything down, flattened the surrounding buildings, created a slew of goo in the streets. I couldn't even imagine. Holy cow. Um. The shipment of molasses, it just came in two days prior to the tra- tragic incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tank is usually secured about 50 feet above the ground. So not only is it coming out of this tank. Oh, my gosh. You got about 50 feet of, like, velocity building up yeah. just to, like, go, go, go. <laughs> so much for slow as molasses. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't no slow molasses. No. Um, it was a normal procedure to heat uh, the molasses so it's easier to refine. Yeah, that would uh, make sense. The rapid temperature changes. Um, the extreme cold from the previous nights caused the molasses to expand in the container, and the heating it created extreme pressure inside the iron cast on yep. container, which is why the container exploded and caused the tsunami. Holy cow. Um, workers working below the container were primar- or primary casualties, um, obviously you don't even know what's coming until it's no. just boom, there it is. Wow. Um, so it exploded quickly and it hit nearby structures, causing them to be completely flattened. Pedestrians got caught and drowned from the sticky substance. Oh, could you imagine drowning? Like, oh my God. It's probably like, because it's molasses. You probably couldn't really oh, no. move yeah, and it's coming in, at you so fast. How do you like, you can't swim up for no, air. No. So. And, uh, would you even think to swim up? I mean, would you understand what's happening to you? Probably you not. It molasses? like just. Like, even if it was coming at you, you'd be like, what is that? Oh, it's the end of the world. Um, The road was an utter mess because of the molasses all over, and it took weeks for Boston to get rid of the goo. So city officials determined it would have been avoided if molasses were shipped during summer only. So, because this was January. Yeah, but I mean, if you're in the molasses business, it's a year-round thing, I'm sure. (laughs) In 1919? Maybe, I don't know. It was only for the state. They were trying to catch back up. They just went through the Spanish flu the year before that, and (laughs) they were trying to catch back up with product. I don't know. Yeah, after this, never again. Yeah. I'd be like, you know what, we're just going to double up in the summer and store it. Store it, store it. I can't imagine that cleanup. Like, how do you clean it up? Well, you know, it's it's like watching my sister fill up a cup of coffee with half cup of sugar. I mean, half of the coffee cup of sugar, not yeah. a half a cup. And she only drinks the coffee. So the residue of the sugar is left over in that cup. And if you don't wash it out right away, yeah, it'd be that sugar turns into cement. Yeah. 
like oatmeal. I should have used oatmeal. That would have been a better example. Yeah, you got to let oatmeal soak forever before you can scrub it. Yes, or you just wash it right away. Because of the sugar. Yeah. Sugar is bad. (sighs) My next story is gross. Uh, Not as gross as my first story. Okay, uh, as a gross factor, I don't know if it's as gross as your first story as a... Maybe not gross, but I don't know the word for it. I'll tell you the word if you start. Okay. No. This is uh, ripped right from uh, today's headlines. Actually, yesterday's headlines. What? A factory in Vietnam was just busted for washing and recycling thousands of used condoms and selling them to unsuspecting customers. That is gross. (laughs) (laughs) Told you. Honey, I'm pregnant. But we use protection. (laughs) Uh, Police swooped in on an apartment in the south of the country where they found over 300,000 unlabeled and unpackaged condoms. Oh, my gosh. Uh, The owner of the facility, Pham Thin Than Gok, said she had washed, then dried the condoms before remolding them onto a wooden dildo. Recycle. Uh, Detectives say the woman received a weekly consignment of of condoms from an unidentified person and then repackaged them Gross. sale. Um, an unknown amount of dirty contraceptives were sold prior to the police um, getting involved. And, of course, used condoms are a major risk to the public and can lead to infections as well as sex- sexually transmitted diseases. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. as a teenager, when you recycle those, it's just flip it inside out. <laughs> Don't resell them. <laughs> the the uh, the owner of the facility said that because of the pandemic, uh, business had been really slow, and she needed to find a way to save on costs of you know being in the condom business. So that's when she decided to find a uh, a seller who would gather used condoms. And that is so disgusting. So that she could repackage them and sell them at a cheaper rate than originally uh, she could get them for. Gross. Yeah, this is really, really, really gross. I saw it and it I'm was like, a little disturbing, to yes, be honest. Like it, it, gross. Maybe gross isn't the right word. I don't know, but I cannot imagine. Oh, how can you repackage used? Con- I mean, what a job! Nasty. What's your job? I wash used condoms for a living. <laughs> no. They call me the ball guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's just bad. Yeah. So my last story is I brought a toy to the table tonight. A toy. And when I first saw it, I'm like, this is creepy. So I'm thinking, "Mm, you know, Halloween's right around the corner. So why not? But then I read it. I'm like, oh, it's a little sad. But I don't know if I could ever own this. Okay. So, Little Miss No Name from um, 1965 was only sold for a couple years. That is a creepy looking doll. I know. And it looks like something that would have been designed by what's his name, the guy that did uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Kind of looks a little bit of vibe like, vibe like that to me. Mm, kind of. No. Yeah. No. Kind of. Okay. okay so. Um, Little Miss No Name is a study in a misguided product marketing kind of thing. So it was designed um, 
it more or less kind of went against like Barbie and all those types of dolls that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it failed on so many levels. Um, it was designed by Deet DeRondre. Saying that wrong, Little Miss No Name is said to have drawn inspiration from the painting of American artist Margaret Keeney, um, who featured large-eyed children. I don't know if you remember any of those. There's like mm-hmm. blue bonnet little girl, big eyes. No. I knew exactly what they were talking about, but um, the doll came without shoes and dressed in a burlap sack with patches and a safety pin mm. holding the outfit together. So this is where I'm like, oh, now you're going to feel bad for yeah. being like, you're creepy. Yeah, maybe you're not creepy. You're just sad. Poor. So with large, sad brown eyes and a drooping mouth and a mop of un- um, kept blonde hair, Little Miss No Name's piteous state was... Um, accented by a large plastic teardrop mm. so and you could see there was a huge plastic teardrop on mm. her rolling out of her eye um it's inserted into a hole under one of her eyes adding to her plight the doll's hand was molded such that when her hand was extended she appeared to be begging you know i get it if this was designed as to make a statement or a work of art but if you're designing this to market it to children, it was not a good idea. No, no. <laughs> like, and I think it was to kind of be a little bit more empathetic and, I, and, I understand and be that, like, oh, this little girl needs a home type thing and, yeah. and it to be your doll. Um, so it emphasized Little Miss No Names play in the advertising. Printed ads often played up with the doll with the tear lacked. She doesn't have a pretty dress. She doesn't have any shoes. She doesn't have a home. All she needs is love. Hmm. The doll's packaging presented um, her as standing outside in the cold, slushy snowstorm and doubled down on Little Miss No Name's backstory with her personal plea on the box. I need someone to love me. I want to learn to play. Please take me home with you and brush my tear away. Oh my and it's gosh. like, aww. That is sad. So she only lasted a few years. Yeah, And now she's extremely popular oh, among, I'm, like, toy collectors. I am sure this is a, a major collectible. If but as soon as now. I saw it, I'm like, I don't know one little girl. <laughs> no, you don't want the... Who would go, oh, I want that over a pretty little Barbie. Yeah, no. Because my when I first looked at it and I, I was researching, I didn't see the name or anything, and I... I was like, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, creepy. And then I'm like, this isn't creepy, but it's creepy. It's creepy. <laughs> it's uh, Being that it was designed, you know, you know products are designed by a committee of people looking to make money. I'm sure. Oh, and they advertise this the way, yeah, the way it sounded. Was it was like on a Nestle, maybe it wasn't Nestle, but some hot cocoa mm-hmm. tin it was on the back of it, trying to get it out there, and nope, yeah. it was a flop. Yeah, and it doesn't surprise me that it was a flop. That's, I mean, like I said, I think it'd be a really cool idea if it was some, like, art project or some, you know, some... We designed this as a mascot for our help save the hungry children cause or something. Yeah. But designed as a children's toy 
for you know mar- to market and sell the children not a good not no a good, not a good no idea at all i don't think no <laughs> i would love to see one in real life i mean i just not in my house old toys are kind of cool if i was uh, just not in my house not in your house okay I have a thing about dolls. Maybe they have one at the Museum of the Weird in Austin, Texas. I have a thing about dolls. And one of the first dolls... You've got a creepy doll in this house. It creeps me out. What? It's somewhere in this house still. I don't remember where. I don't have a creepy doll. I think it's creepy. I don't have a creepy doll. Maybe it's Ava that's got a creepy doll. Ava has a porcelain porcelain doll that's... Yeah. It's no longer in the house. Oh, that thing's creepy. Yeah. (laughs) I threw it away. Okay. It freaked me out. Okay. Every time I pass by a room, I'm just like, waiting for the day. I'm just waiting for the day. <laughs> and I accidentally broke it. And I waited. Accidentally? <laughs> I accidentally broke it. I stand ground. Yeah. I'm sorry. After Child's Play, I just can't. One of yeah. Ava's first dolls she ever got. Remember how it kept talking? Oh, my gosh. And we yes. even changed the batteries. And I'm like, it's yep. going back. Bring it back now. I don't want it in the house one other day. Nope. Was that nope. a doll we had multiple nope. of? No, no, that, that was, was a, a dog. dog. That was a dog. The dog right. was fine. The we still fine have except, one of the dogs. The dog was fine, except everybody bought our kid a, the same damn toy I know. for a year and a half. <laughs> we have one still, still in the in package. package. <gasps> we should give it back to somebody who gave it to us, because I know idea. one person who gave it to us, except they might be past that age now. Mm. Oh, well. It was a thought. It was well, a thought. Well, wait till we have grandkids. I'll give it to them. <laughs> It's going to smell like basement by then. Yeah. Probably already already does. does. I'm sure it already does. Anyway, uh, you can uh, reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. If you are a listener, if you're a new listener, or if you've been listening from the beginning, uh, just send us an email at outlandishoutcast at gmail.com. You can tell me how funny I am and let Al know all the areas he needs work in. Yes, yes. I'm sure I need a lot of work. Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook at Outlandish Outcast Podcast, and definitely like our page, um, share it, get it out there, leave a comment. You can critique us. I'll take the beating. It's okay. I can handle it. But again, I'm still funny. <laughs> if you'd like to, if you'd like to cheer about us like Desi did in our last episode, you can go to Twitter at Outlandish Casts. Two four six eight. Who do we appreciate? <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's a cheer. I'm. I'm do you okay. want me to do it in the cheering voice? No, thank you. Okay, so otherwise you can find us on Instagram at Outlandish Outcast Podcast. Definitely follow us there, and definitely share. Yes, and uh, leave us a rating or review in whatever platform you're listening to this show on. Yep, yep, yep. I think that's another one in the books. Have a good week, everybody. Bye.